We believe that if we as parents stay in a mode to try to understand who this child is, instead of getting caught up in what they're doing. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am so excited about today's guests. And I did say guests. I've got two experts that I'm bringing on to share with you today. Brandon and Annalyn Miller are successful business owners and the parents of seven children. They are passionate about seeing families engage in a strengths-based parenting approach that unearths the uniqueness in every child and empowers positive parent-child relationship through every stage of life. We're going to talk a lot about their newest book, and I can't wait to share that with you. Brandon is a certified strengths coach through the Gallup organization and CEO of 34 Strong. Annalyn owns and operates the Annalyn Miller Group, part of Keller Williams Realty. Brandon and Annalyn, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Dr. Richard. Happy to be here. I've been excited about this interview for a while, and Brandon, you and I know each other outside of the daily helping, but I'm excited to talk to you about this book because it is such a fresh take on parenting and whether you have kids or not. This is Mm -hmm. a book that I'm excited to dive into with you. Let's talk about this book, Play to Their Strengths, A New Approach to Parenting Your Kids. What was the impetus for you guys wanting to write this book? You know, uh, it started as basically a joint desire and passion to partner together on something. And one thing that we were both passionate about and wanted to get the message out of our hearts and minds was parenting. We'd been implementing this strategy for roughly at the time we wrote it for about 10 years. And so, you know, it just, it, it just dawned on us, like we need to share this with the world. And so we started writing. Now, strengths-based development is relatively new in its understanding, at least in in a formal offering for the last 20 years corporate. And a couple of books had been written on the topic mm-hmm. of parenting and they were fabulous. They did a great job, very um, clinical, a lot of data, a lot of research to support it. We thought, well, what about like the handbook for like real life? Yeah. So here's, here's, here's like what it sounded and felt like with seven children trying to sort through this and all those personalities and how do you make this real? And so it, it was a it was a labor of love and and uh, you know as as a married couple you hope to be married after your kids you know move on and go their ways so finding ways to bond um, was other the other impetus behind it was a way that we could stay yeah. communing and connecting together mm-hmm. and it's so interesting that you said that because indeed there is a ton of clinical literature and interventions using strengths based approach but they typically stuck in the realm of psychotherapy. Right. And now you're bringing this with practical skills that everybody can use who has kids in their life, which is really, really cool. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, our desire was to express, you know, this is how what the culture is and how you can use it in your daily lives and give people very practical steps to implement. Annalyn, you said this is how the culture is. Talk to us a little bit more about what you meant by that. Sure. So it's really just living with the eyes of seeing what's right with a person rather than what's wrong with them. And I think, you know, we as a society and most of us in our own parenting journeys, um, as we were brought up, you know, if, if there were conversations with teachers or parents, a, a good portion of those were typically a conversation about, you need to fix this. You did this wrong. I need you to change this. And so the shift is really considering what can I say that is positive, that is encouraging, that is moving them in a direction of an area that they are strong in and and helping to propel them forward. And, you know, in our book, we have like a five to one ratio. So if for every five things that you can speak of that are positive and influencing your child in a way of, you know, nurturing them into a place of their greatest potential... And then obviously we need to talk about those things we need to work on, but working on having a five to one ratio. I love that. And I want to dive into that a little deeper in a bit, but for somebody listening to this and maybe they're a new parent or maybe, you know, they've got seven kids like you do, (laughs) we get a lot of feedback from our environment about children, but it's usually when they're doing something wrong. You go to parent teacher conferences, you know, the report cards generally don't highlight how wonderful your kids are. They, they usually have codes, for example, to describe what's wrong. They're skipping school. They're not paying attention, what have you. So if somebody has no idea how to evaluate what their children's strengths are, talk to us about how you start that process. Ah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, it, right out of the gate in our book, we talk about this shift from frustration to fascination. And we believe that if we as parents can stay in a mode to try to understand who this child is, instead of getting caught up in what they're doing. Because every, every toddler is going to toddle and go through some level of, of establishing their autonomy. And that's not always fun for us as parents. And then school-aged kids are going to start to wander into different pathways of you know, behavior that we may not appreciate. Now, and now we bring in other professionals, preschool and kindergarten, first grade, that are telling us, here's where your child does well, but here are all the things you have to work on. And so we, we really felt that if we could provide practical, tangible ways for parents to just try to stay in that mode, stay in that, what is it about this child? What is it that I can see? And so one of the tools we give in the book, we call it the five E's. And it's a way to spot strengths in a child by considering different pathways that we watch them take. And we're looking for what causes their eyes to shine, their faces to smile, for them to, to be lit up. And these five E's consist of this. What is it that they look forward to? Enthusiasm. What comes natural? or seem to pick up quickly, it's easy. What is it that they do that third-party evaluators could say, that is above average ability there. Mm-hmm. There it is. There's excellence. Fourth, what is it that gives them energy that they seem to just have a, a, a an extra ounce of bounce when they mm-hmm. when they get something done and they're like, oh, let's do it again. And that's the one that's really interesting because we can't, we can't give that to a child necessarily and we can't tell right. them what it is that makes them feel that way. They're reporting out what they've experienced. And then, and then fifth, and this is one that we've enjoyed watching in our own kids. What is it that they enjoy so much that even when it's hard, they want to keep doing it? Right. That resilience, that grit that we can encourage. And so I think for us, finding practical ways to, to give parents tools that they can say, all right, here's what I can see in my child. And maybe I'm only seeing two or three 
or four at a time, but those clues are are leading us somewhere. And we're and we're tilting time, we're tilting space to give them room to showcase where these strengths might take mm-hmm. them. And an easy question that, you know, if you're just beginning to implement this into your family life is to, on a regular basis, ask your children, what made you feel strong today? So Brandon began doing this with our boys and, you know, we'd find our our two boys are three years apart, nine and 12, and each of them have different answers every day in regards to that question, because it's not, what did you have fun doing or you know, what, what was really, you know, where did you find enjoyment? It's what, it, what made you feel strong? And it, it really makes them think about, wow, what did I do that I felt energized that I felt, you know, on top of the world in essence. And for one kid, it could be, I got a touchdown at recess. And for the other kid, it's, I got to hold the door for my whole class all day long because he's just has this servant heart. And he wants to give back to others. So it's interesting to just allow them to answer that question. There's no rules to it. What made you feel strong? I think that's really interesting because it's it's an open-ended question where they uh-huh. have to, you know, it's not like, tell me, how was your day? And they say exactly. good and, and just walk away. Yes. Yes. So you're actually forcing them to, to really engage and think about that, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot too as a parent, I think, you know, because the answers, they're not always the ones that you think are gonna, they're going to say. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes they surprise you. So you, you guys do this every day. How long have you been doing this with your own children? Oh, several years. So we we started it, you know, as at least you know three or four years ago. We started to have iterations of this kind of question. Started to become curious. What is it about you that seems to lead you down a path where you're expressing yourself in a way where we can see those clues mm-hmm. that we're probably uh, you know tipping into a strength now, an area where you have natural aptitude and you might want to expand upon that. But for the last two years, I think in earnest with, with our youngest, they, they in particular at that school age, when we pick them up, we get the answer. Though we, we do, we have a, a sophomore, junior in high school. So when we ask them that question, we don't always get the answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're drawing it out of it. Um, the younger ones are a little bit more inclined to play along the teens. You know, it's, it's, I felt strong today when I got to take a nap during my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try that again. <laughs> you know, so so you know, there's room here to work, and I think as as parents, especially in that we we're especially sensitive to that school age reality. You know, as new parents or even parents with you know kids that that you know you have multiples, and you have some still in that realm. For some reason, with our teens, we find that there's less of you know maybe or, or a bit of draw away. The teens find themselves in a place where. Uh, they start to naturally separate. But with the school-age kids, there's still a magic, a shine, a place where we can connect with them and, and still have that influence. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fantastic. So talk to us a little bit. You've been doing this for a couple of years and your sample size is seven here. Talk to us about how this has directly changed your family. Awesome. You know, I will, I will start by saying that I think the biggest thing, especially when you begin you know, really implementing this from your perspective first, right? You're, you're authentically beginning to look at, okay, what is right with my children, um, my husband, and teaching them to do the same thing. So for instance, the brothers, the sisters, looking at each other with what's right instead of what's wrong. And I've 
found that there's been just a new measure of grace extended to each other where they are believing the best in people before they jump to conclusions, right? So for instance, you know, situations to where there could be even some type of disagreement or whatnot, you know, because those happen when you have this many children. I mean, it's going to happen. Them training their minds to begin thinking, okay, so I can easily go to everything that I think you know, they might be thinking or saying and, and the actions and why, why they might be doing them. I'm going to think the best of them and not jump to conclusions. And I think it has grown a, a level of grace between our children and, and all of our relationships. You know, there is obviously there's things that sometimes we do just have to work out. But overall, I feel like it has created an environment that is much more um, forgiving. It's interesting because you, in, in a way, raising a child or children in this world puts kind of a, a bubble around them. So right. when your kids have been going to school with this appreciation for each other's strengths and positivity, what has the feedback been like from their peers? What's the relationships been like? Because not every kid, obviously, is raised that way, you know? You you never hear people say, "Oh, your kids in high school are so nice," right? You hear <laughs> you hear the opposite. So, what's it been like for your kids with their peers really having this emphasis? I think, especially as our our so we have three adult kids, and they're mm-hmm. you know since married and now starting to have their own families. But when they were in school, their friends were curious mm-hmm. about this approach and what we were doing, and so we would we would invite them in and they would be a part of the conversation and want to know, well, I want to know my strengths. I want to know, right. you know where, where I could learn to focus. And so I think it opened doors, even at that, you know, 15, 14, 16, 17 year old range uh, where pressure's starting to happen with kids, right? So they're, they're starting to wonder, do I have what it takes to move on to the next level of, right. you know, whether it's college or career or military and where would I fit? Where, where does the world think I have the best opportunity to be successful? With our younger kids, what we find is that there's an attraction to kids that have a confidence. They yeah. seem to have you know, some sense of, of you know, creativity and, and um, camaraderie. And so for Daniel and David, our youngest two, we find that kids are drawn to them and may not know why. Um, but it's it's pretty amazing it's to see even for our teenagers too. Yeah, I mean, no doubt because there is a a definite place where their hearts are inclined to want to to want to mm-hmm. benefit others, and so we've enjoyed watching them be encourager, watching them want to build people up, watching them mm-hmm. um, want to find ways to build up those around them. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, Doctor Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. Makes a lot of sense. And I want to I jump to something I've been thinking about 
the five to one ratio is really interesting, but I'd love for you guys to address when we have a weakness and, and mm-hmm. everybody has weaknesses, no matter yeah. how much we focus we on strengths. We have more of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's your strategy for helping a child who has pronounced Manage. Mm-hmm. So I think our son, Daniel, is a good perspective on that in mm-hmm. terms of this is super practical. So, you know, for instance, our son Daniel has huge, you know, presence, charisma. He loves sports, et cetera, et cetera. Has a weakness in reading. That just happens to be, you know, quote unquote, the thorn in his side, you know, since kindergarten. It's just always been a little bit of a struggle. And though we do emphasize the things that he does well, very great. One of the things that we've done is, this is just an example, in order for him to have the energy, because reading is something you have to know in life, you have to be efficient and and do a great job at it and get passing grades. So it's not something that we can just let slide. However, the way we manage that is, you know, in the times where he has to go into maybe some in-depth reading time, et cetera, we allow him to go do some things before that that are going to bring him a lot of energy. So if that's, hey, go go hit 50 jump shots and then come back in and read for 30 minutes. You know, a lot of times I think parents flip it and they go, well, you've got to read and then you can have fun. And, you know, the kids are like, oh no. So that half hour reading ends up taking an hour and a half, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the idea is, you know, give them, give them that one thing to do. It's It's a set amount of time. It's very specific. Let them get some energy reserves so that when they go into something that, like reading, is a weakness, um, but he needs to still build it up, um, he has that reserve energy to get it done and get it accomplished and still feel good about it. Like, okay, cool. I did it. Logged my half hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it's not as much of a chore. Like we're not you know, beating him over the head to sit down and read. And it's almost a question of reserves, right? right? So he's he's made some videos or he's gone and shot. Yeah, he you likes know. YouTube. Yeah, usually it's <laughs> I want to see a video. YouTube something that energizes him. He's that that classic, you know, very, very active child that needs stimulation and needs to be touching and being a part of. Right. And so sitting down for Daniel is a challenge no matter when we ask him to do it. But when he's felt like, all right, I got to express myself and be you know, at my best and win a game or, or, you know, have a good time and, and something I, I like to watch or be a part of. There's just, there was just this whole switch in his mentality. Because his countenance was different. Yeah, it didn't feel yeah. like, all right, I got to slog through, you know, this subject that I don't like very much. Right. Now it's, I get it, you know, yeah. and he's a little more mature at nine, you know, seven was a little, you know, it took a little work, six took a little work, but now at nine, he's, yeah, I get it. I, this is an important thing I need in life. And, and though it's not, and, and he had, he said it the other day, he goes, well, when I go to school this year, dad, I know I'm going to be good, good, you know, good at this, this, this reading comprehension English, I, I may not be the best at it, but I'm going to, I'm going to try hard. Yeah. And I thought, good for you, kid, you know, good yeah. for you. That's a good, healthy way to approach it. And then let's see how your brain matures. <laughs> you know, let's see right. how it goes I mean, this he's year young, so. and, and where this takes you. One of the things that I really like about the example you guys gave is how practical this is. You know, right. to say, okay, so instead of screaming at your kids saying, you have to do 30 minutes of homework <laughs> before you get to have any fun, you, you implement the reverse of that. Have fun right. first, get them fired up. So what I'd like to ask you guys now is to keep us in the role of the parent. Because obviously, if you've never implemented this sort of a thing before, 
it's a huge shift oh, for you as a parent. So take us through some things, some, some starting points and some things that a parent can do to start moving towards this mindset, because that's what you're describing, a complete mindset shift in terms of the way that we approach our parenting. Right. So do you want to start? You know, we, we think with parents that the first invitation we give to parents is to leave comparison somewhere on the side of the highway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) meaning it's so easy to get caught up in, well, what is this mom doing? Or what is that dad doing? And how do I measure up? And there is a bit of health to that in the respect of just role models and mentors. Mm -hmm. But, But we've taken that to an extreme these days. We find ourselves comparing and contrasting Mm -hmm. our approach. And then in many cases, we hear parents telling us that they feel lacking or wanting. And so what they aren't and what they don't do well seems to be what they want to chase versus embracing. But this is is where you're really strong as a parent. This is where you do Mm -hmm. uh, amazing things. And your child would love to embrace you as the hero they already think you are. You are the primary influencer. You are the one that they want to receive their nurturing and affection and concern and, Mm -hmm. and, and acceptance from. And so with parents, that's our first invitation to let's, let's, get, let's get to know who we are individually. And then from there, let's begin to embrace those areas where we are strong. So something in our book, we, we use the example from the movie, The Incredibles. Have you seen it? Of course. Of course. I, I, love, I love movie examples. So take us oh. through that. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so you know Bob. Bob, the super superhero. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible. Well, you know, the, it's so great because it gives this perspective is when he is not living his authentic self and he's, you know, the beginning of the movie, he's sitting there in this insurance company breaking pencils. And, you know, he's like, people are calling and he's like, I don't want to have you. Um, he's obviously not living in his strength zone, not living in a place of what he was created to do. And it, it was suppressed in essence. And um, so there's this, you know, scene where he's out moonlighting, you know, with his friend Frozone and he just lights up. He's up to all hours of the morning, saving the world. And, you know, eventually as the movie progresses, we, we watch that he finally, you know, embraces like, I'm incredible. And my family's incredible because he, you know, he takes home the anger issues and the, you know, being dissatisfied and, you know, is telling all of his family suppress suppress, suppress your greatness, everyone. We have to live these mediocre lives. And when they finally allow each other as a family to express their true, you know, superpowers, we'll say, there's like this synergy that happens in the family, you know, which goes into the second Incredibles. Um, But there's this synergy that happens where they're working together, each strength, right? Helps each other. And it's that same idea you know, as a parent, we lead the way in that. So, you know, it's really key for us, as Brandon mentioned, that we're authentic to say, okay, this is what I'm strong at. And even, you know, for us as parents, there are areas that we have weaknesses. And, you know, even for Brandon and I, we found that we are kind of flip-flopped. His, his um, strengths, parenting strengths, or, you know, I tend to be weaker on and my parenting strengths that I tend to be um, stronger with, he's weaker on. And so we partner, you know, we've learned to partner and what? Even some areas where we're both weak at. <laughs> so we have we both. call in help. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was going to be my question. So yeah. if, if you guys have an area where neither parent 
is particularly skilled in being able to help a kid through that issue. Talk to us about that. Well, one of the areas where we are not particularly strong collectively is order and planning and routine and structure. You would think I am, but no. Yeah. So with, with seven kids, you can only imagine the scheduled chaos that can happen with who has to be at which extracurricular activity, who has which medical or dental appointment, and how to manage that time. And we just found that that is not for either one of us an area where we're going to be strong. Um, but we it's manage not, it. But it's not an area that we get to take a pass on, right? right. You, we don't just get to, to float by. And so we do talk about this in our book about overcoming weaknesses, mm-hmm. because there are certain things that you could let go. You know, for us, I'm not going to ever build my children a treehouse. Never. Because I they, won't let them. Because they would die. <laughs> it would fall out of the tree. It would be all bad. And so that, I, and I'm okay with that. I can, I can import that or let them go play at someone else's home whose dad is amazing at building a treehouse. But, but this one, order and planning and structure, it, it, we couldn't take a pass. So technology has had to come technology to, to our aid, mm-hmm. um, different resources within um, our professional space. So that's, that's sometimes asking um, an assistant to help make sure that things are set and structured because it, it, it is impossible to not engage in those. And so I think when we found, okay, there are areas where you know, mom is really strong and does a great job and she's the go-to here. And that's going to be a lot of the support, a lot of the the uh, engagement around you know event planning and helping the kids to feel really that sense of belonging. Or dad, I, I want to inspire them, but I also want to structure them from a discipline standpoint, behavior standpoint. Mm-hmm. Here, were, here are the expectations. Here, here is where you need to be. And embracing each other's strengths while also acknowledging where we collectively need some help has been really, uh, I wouldn't even say liberating. Oh yeah. I mean, when, when we began actually assessing our strengths in this way, we realized that so many of our arguments or points of contention were actually because of these items and it it just all made sense. We said, Oh man, I was expecting something of you, but you really weren't going to deliver at a hundred percent and vice versa. Right. So there was always this feeling of contention. And when we realized, okay, we need to depend on each other. We need to rely on each other. I need to call on you and be okay calling on you when I'm like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. And you know, my brain's not working this way. What would you do? You know, and, and being okay with that. And it's, it's been awesome to be vulnerable in that way, really know what to expect from each other. And then we continue to grow. It doesn't mean like you can just be stagnant, right? So we're always growing and changing and learning how to work better together as a couple, you know, to serve our family. Outstanding. I, there is something that I've been thinking about as you guys have been talking is a parent's job is in part to shield their kids, protect their innocence. Mm. And obviously, in, in most circumstances, kind of keep their kids from knowing when things are going poorly. One of the questions I have is, so as a parent, mm-hmm. what's your advice to other parents when things are going poorly, specifically, you're having a bad day. What are the the strategies you help people with in terms of keeping your mood, if it's particularly poor, (laughs) from interacting with your children? What's what's that like for you guys? Great question. Yeah, you know, I think think being authentic to the reality that we're all allowed to have a bad day Mm -hmm. and and sometimes a bad week. And we have found, especially as our kids matured, that our openness in regards to here's why dad had a challenge. Here's where mom is at. And I don't want 
my challenges to spill over into my view of who you are, child. Right. Because you should not bear the brunt of whatever happened at work or whatever happened in this setting. And that authenticity to a child actually goes a long way. Mm -hmm. But I would add to that, every single one of us as parents, we are going to say things to our children that we wish we had not said. Mm -hmm. We are going to act in a way that isn't fair or right for them. And what we have learned again and again and again, that children naturally want to forgive mom and dad. Right. And when we will acknowledge and apologize for it, that was out of turn. That was too stern. You know what? Dad's taking something out on you that isn't fair to you. Our kids have been gracious again and again. Yeah. That's okay, mom, dad. I forgive you, you know? And, and, and we can rebond in that way. And by the way, teaching them that humility is important. Right. And being okay, acknowledging that life is going to There's going to, to be have, conflict and challenges. Yeah, yeah. It, difficulties yeah. inevitable. And, and the reality is, is through those times, we can grow closer as a family, mm-hmm. really bond and, and build together, or we can allow the circumstance to take us away from that. And that, that is not easy to do. I know what I just said came out easy, but it is not easy to right. do because the reality is, is, is we're in the thick of teenage years again. And teenagers are tough <laughs> because yeah. that, they, they may not only, they may know that your button has been pushed and they might push it again just, just because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just because they, they're in their own mood and their own challenge and their own difficulty. Mm-hmm. And so this is twofold. It's recognizing that they're more exposed to the right. world and the realities of life and influences that we don't have control over. I can't control the science teacher. I can't control how it went at lunch with that group of friends that didn't like you. But I can endeavor to be a safe place. Right. And as much as we want to be safe, we want them to be safe. And that and right. that understanding that, hey, kids, we need each other as we grow. Right. This isn't this isn't this isn't just one way to you. It's us growing together as a family. I love that. Give us a couple examples of some of the feedback you've received from other parents out there in the world who have used this and how it's impacted their parenting. Oh, I got a great one. So I I have a colleague who he is a third generation center fielder ready to go and, and, you know, play pro ball. And, and just when he had his first uh, child, his, his oldest, his son, he was grooming that young man to follow the tradition. Here we go. Baseball player. We're going to prepare you. And his son um, was the type that, you know, started to drift away from the sport. This isn't for me. I'm not feeling it as much. Um, and it turns out that the that the the young man had a love for the arts. He loved to dance. He loved to be a part of that experience. And 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 the dad describes just over time how that really um, you know brought him to a point of contention within himself to say, "Am I am I raising my my son to to follow who I think he should be, or am I really okay that my kid is going to go down this path?" And this last year, we were having a conversation. And he was saying, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to drop my son off at the, the Boston Juilliard, version of Juilliard. And he said, I would have never thought in a million years that would be my kid. <laughs> you know, I was ready to drop him off at minor league camp, you know, not, not, not to go there. But just that trans, transformation in his thinking said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about my son playing to his strengths and being the best and most brilliant version of who he's meant to be. And it's just so exhilarating to hear that and experience that. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such an awesome story, and I'm sure you've got many more, but time time prevents us from diving into them. 
I have greatly enjoyed having you guys on the show. And as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. And that is, what is your biggest helping? The single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today. Can we both have one? Sure. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I think my first one is this book, Play to Their Strengths. Um, it's not an event, it's a journey. And so what I share with parents is depending on where you're at in your journey of parenting, what age group your children are in, etc., it's okay to spend a couple months in a chapter. You know, our book is designed with in the back of it is a playbook which has very practical things to put in place. Sometimes it's um, reflection on the part of a parent and sometimes it's a group activity with your family. The whole idea though is this book isn't just, you know, you read it and you stick it on a shelf. We really, we wrote it to be a field manual because we felt like that was what was missing for us. And so we wanted to give it to the world. Wonderful. So so mine is very simple. It's never too late for a do-over. I would at any age or stage your child is at, and we hear this from parents with adult kids, gosh, I wish I'd had this when my kids were younger. You get to encourage them with, you know, you're still their parent. Mm -hmm. You're still their mom. You're still their dad. It's never too late to start looking at them through this perspective of what's right with your son, what's right with your daughter, Mm -hmm. and how can I be that parent that supports you along the way? And we love to hear the stories of those adult relationships being repaired or or brought to a place of health. Mm -hmm. So it's never too late for a do-over parents. Wonderful. Talk to us about where people can connect with you and get their hands on your book. All right. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> play, play to their strengths. And um, it is now uh, on Amazon and Audible. So you can get the Audible version of it, which some people really enjoy yeah. being able to get their hands. Annalyn, A-N-A-L-Y-N, Brandon, as it's uh, written here, annalynbrandon.com. Um, that's where a number of the resources, resources that Carolyn just referred mm-hmm. to, plus bulk purchases of the book. But at, at most of your local retailers, Barnes and Nobles and, and others, uh, even Costco recently, Costco has our books, you yeah. can get in and, and find it. So those are uh, great places to start. Outstanding. I love it. Well, this has been a really fun interview filled with a lot of great information. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Richard. Our Appreciate pleasure. It. Thank you. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who chose to tune in and listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 